Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. Here we go, here we go. Jake Shapiro recapping what happened uh, for the Nuggets last night. Uh, An interesting typo in his uh, article here. Wow, really? Yes. The Nuggets came back from down 15 in the first half on Wednesday to beat the Sacramento Kings 1,017 to 96. That is a a big-time discrepancy. That's that's an NBA record right there. Yeah. 1,000 points in one game. That's right. So it was 117 to 96. Yeah. Uh, as the Nuggets at one point uh, outscored Crown 68 to 21 over 20 minutes, shaking off a lethargic start that was no doubt brought on by the news that uh, De'Aaron Fox would not play. Found that out about half an hour before tip off. So, uh, how impressive is this win? Oh, it's impressive. What's, what, what does this win mean? to the overall, uh, I guess, psyche of this this basketball team, psyche of the, the fans. I think it just goes to show you that when the Nuggets need to put the hammer down, they can do it. And I know there will be a, you know, there will be a lot of excuse makers who say, well, De'Aaron Fox didn't play, and their two-man game was Sabonis, and Fox was, you know, out of, he wasn't on there, so I don't care. Uh, by the way, where does Sacramento rank among your threats? Potential threats to the Nuggets in the West. You know, right now Sacramento is a play-in team. Are they really? For all the talk about the Kings and we got to beat the Kings and we can't go into the playoffs going zero and four against the Kings. The Kings are yeah in eighth place right now in the Western Conference. They will be if the season ended right now, they'd be playing in the play-in tournament. Now they're only a, a game behind uh, Sacramento or excuse me, uh, New Orleans and Phoenix. And Phoenix has the fifth spot right now, so it's it's still jumbled. Heck, Dallas is playing really good basketball right now. They're still in the play-in. So a lot of this stuff can change, but are the Kings really that the, the boogeyman out there? I think well, here's the thing for me with the Kings. The Kings, like Sabonis, you know Sabonis leads the the league in triple doubles. Yes. Sabonis Check back with me at the end of the season. I, I get you, but Sabonis seems to be able to take it to Joker a little bit with his fadeaway. You know, from about 12 feet. And he can consistently hit that hit that shot. I I'll be honest with you. They're the they're the one team in the West. Well, I, the Clippers, I, I guess maybe when you're talking about potential first round matchups. It it's the, if you're looking at potential first round matchups, you're looking at uh, it, it, as it stands here right now, you're looking at the possibility of playing a Dallas, a Sacramento, a New Orleans. Sacramento would would concern me the most in a first round matchup okay. because they've had some success. And De'Aaron Fox is a he's a wild card because when he starts, I mean, he can hit from outside. He can get to the ten. He can do a lot of things that I think he's a pretty special player. And like I said, kids got balls, man. Yeah, he does. And like <laughs> I said, Sabonis. I mean, if he's not suffering with a 
catastrophic chest contusion. Yeah. Yeah. Because that will. What did he miss time from last year? Caved in chest? Is that what it was? Yeah, he's, he, he is. He had a uh, serious sternum bruise. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just love how you. Mock other people's pain, no, that injuries. That was and, the fakest. You know, if they're not as tough as me, then uh, you, you know, know who took notes? Who took Anthony notes? Davis took notes on like how to. Are you, go, come like, on, stop he wrote. It. He wrote stop down. It. He's like, wow, stop now that. Stop. That's it. good faking. Come on, Anthony. Davis. That is good faking. Anthony Davis is the softest player in the NBA. I mean, for for a guy who's you know seven feet tall and two hundred and seventy pounds, he's the softest guy in the NBA. So the uh, the Nuggets tonight. Soft. The Nuggets tonight playing Miami. Hey, the right. Heat are back in town. Mm-hmm. Bring back all the memories of winning the championship. It's always, uh, you only get to see the Heat twice a year. You get them back on home court. It's going to bring back all kinds of great memories. And the Heat, uh, the the Nuggets will be giving out another championship ring tonight, but under very unique circumstances. Uh-huh. So we've seen Bruce, right. Jeff Green, Ish Smith come back into town with their new teams and they get presented with the the, 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 the ring, and mm-hmm. all the guys come over and surround yeah. them. And, you know, it's a great moment, right? Well, Thomas Bryant was on last year's team. And he's with the Heat. Sort of. He's suspended for tonight's game due to his role in a fight the other night against the Pelicans. So, according to the NBA, the NBA is allowing Bryant to be in the arena solely to receive his 2023 championship ring, and then as soon as he gets it, he has to leave the arena. Really? Yeah. Where is he going to go? Can know. he stay in the – Go over to Brooklyn's, watch the game? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Where does he go? I don't know. What's the, what's the guard from – Has to from, leave the arena. What's well, the guard I mean, from Memphis? Well, what's he'll that? go back to the locker room. What's the guard from Memphis – yeah, John Morant could yeah. tell him where to go. Yes, like, he could. He got some. He got some hot hey, listen, spots. While the game is going on, you know they're gonna they're gonna warm up and everything yeah, like well, that. He played Play here last year, so he's got the lay of the land. Play the game, then they're gonna need to shower up, post game, media stuff. You know, by the time the bus is ready to leave, you probably got a good three hours to go do what you want to do. Yeah, just be back for the bus. Just be back for the bus. Unless they stay, they might stay the night in Denver. You know, one of those prison bed hotels like our guy Iron Man had to stay at in you know, the Thomas four Bryant. seasons. Thomas Bryant, by the way, uh, pr- proof that um, uh, just because you're part of a championship team, you're not really part of a championship team. Uh, he was most certainly along for the ride. That is correct. Did not you, you make, have those did guys. Did not make much of an impact. Remember when they, they acquired him, it was with a, a certain amount of fanfare and Never really lived up to the. Uh, I got I got. Never really lived up to the hype. He wasn't really much of a. He was a bus rider on all that kind of thing. I gotta be honest with you. I don't even remember him being on the team. I know. Exactly. But good for him. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. I know. Harsh, but he was there. I, I he don't. gets a ring. Now the question I have is: Will will he get? This is what I'm kind of curious to see because he he really didn't have a, any impact at all with with mm. last year's team. Will he get the same response from his ex-teammates as the other guys that have come into town? Like, will he get the ring? Will everybody, you know, come over and, and surround him and give him the attaboys and everything like that? Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't they? 
I mean, there's always, like, just because you don't play and you practice, you, you, you're, you know, you've got a role on the team. And there's, I'm sure there's some guys that absolutely love the dude. There's old what's his head, they'll say. Remember that guy? Yeah, I do vaguely remember him. What was his name? I don't remember. Mark, in the playoffs last year, he played in one game with no stats. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I, Zeros. In fact, you know what? He doesn't he did he wasn't even in for a full minute. It shows that he plays GP games played one minutes per game. Zero. <laughs> so he probably came in in one of the the games one of the they blowouts. were one of the blowouts. Were, either way, you know what? How many games did I log where I didn't show one stat? There is no stat for dispensing justice. That's a good point. There is no stat for shortening necks. Ass whippitude, <laughs> one hundred. That's right. It's like a boo rating. It right? is like a boo. You rating. got your ass whippitude rating. Mm-hmm. Let's give that one to Cecil. Hey, uh, Cecil, you've been looking at these uh, linemen. Ass whippitude. What's their ass whippitude? Boy, there's some good offensive linemen in this draft. Yeah, I know. I was watching some tape on that Oregon State kid. I can't remember. There's, the problem is there's too many, like, Samoan names. There's a lot of, like, Hawaiian, Samoan, you know, BYU-type-ish names. Utah names. Really, really. Like, I just look at them. I, like, I don't even know where to start. By the way. Yeah. Does Thomas Bryant deserve a championship ring more than Bones Highland? Bones Highland deserves a championship ring far more than Thomas Bryant does. Sure. He's the, not, he didn't get one. Bones didn't get one? Nope. No, you got to give him a you, Bones, you got to give Bones a ring. See, Bones left under, you know, bad, bad, bad parting. It doesn't Thomas matter. Bryant it, did not leave. It doesn't matter. He played. I know he did. He, he made. He did not get a ring? He did not get a ring. No. That's not the, I don't think that's the rule. Is there a rule on that? I thought if you were on the team, even if you were on for a, like a few weeks and you contributed, or at least you dressed or Usually whatever. Usually that's you, the case. You get the ring. That just sounds sour grapey. A little petty? A little petty on the part of the Nuggets? Yeah. Fuwaga? Fuwaga. I, I, get, I get why you're not going to. Did you get the pronunciation or did you? can you just read? You, you can read Fuwaga. So is it just because he was on the team when they won the championship? That's why Thomas Bryant gets one and Bones doesn't? Because Bryant had nothing, nothing right. to do that, with that title. That's nothing. Right, which is if you spent time on the active roster and played and then you got traded, regardless of they wanted to move you or you had a falling, it doesn't matter, you're entitled to get a ring. You were part of the team. You contributed to wins and losses. Yeah, that's, come on. Nuggets, you're better than that. Yeah, Nuggets do just about everything right. In this case, yeah, no. Bones was with the team. Um, I was rooting. So, yeah, last year, he, he was with the Nuggets for 42 games. Right. Averaged 19 minutes per game. Just a game over half the season that he played. Yeah, that's... Averaged 12 points per game while he was playing for the Nuggets. Now, I get I get it. They decided this guy was 
a bit of a turd in the punch bowl, and they they need to move on from. Him. That's fine. That that's that's their prerogative. Right. I have no problem with that. But come on, dude was there for more than half the season. Yeah, you're giving Thomas Bryan a ring, and you're not giving Bones Highland a ring. Yeah, you're right. That yeah. Nuggets, you do everything 99 percent of the time right, but in this case, looks a little bit petty. Yeah, you got that one wrong. Got that one wrong. Yeah. Okay, what else we got? We got, um, well, uh, by the way, we're going to have Steve uh, Steve Kime. Uh, Kime on. Yeah. Uh, former general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. Why do we want to have him on? Because this guy recently was an NFL GM, and he drafted quarterbacks in back-to-back years. Joshua was in one year and then turned around and drafted uh, Kyler Murray the next year. So we'll uh, have... Steve Kime coming on here in just a uh, second. We're dialing him up, and we'll we'll have him on. If you want to react to uh, anything we're talking about on the uh, front page, you can go to the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. A lot of other good stories there. Cecil Lammy, how he believes that the Broncos' plan for the uh, 2024 draft is becoming clearer to him in order. He even lists in order of uh, need for the positions. Mm-hmm. We'll circle back to what Cecil had to say. He also said... Although he wouldn't say who, he thinks he knows who Sean Payton is targeting for quarterback. Really? He has a feeling. Wow. He has a feeling. Okay. In the meantime, Steve Kahn joins us now on the uh, Johnson Auto Plaza Hotline. Steve, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good morning, fellas. Doing fantastic. Good. I'm glad to hear it, man. Always good to hear your voice, brother. Now, hey, it's draft time. Um, you famously in my mind famously went back to back on quarterbacks in the first round Josh Rosen Kyler Murray just why is it so hard to evaluate quarterbacks coming out of college well you know I think for a number of reasons Mark um, you know number one uh, the inexact science it is that the skill set obviously has to translate to the next level. Uh, and that, 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 to me, encompasses a number of things, whether it's the mental acumen, uh, the physical traits, all of those things together. I mean, let's be honest, there's only so many men walking this earth that can handle the ability to not only regurgitate the play in the huddle, come out, identify the play clock, identify coverage, and do all those things in a timely manner, and at the same time, throw off your back foot or, or a different platform and be able to put a, uh, put a uh, ball in a tight window. I mean, again, it's a really difficult thing to do when you've got six foot five, 300 pound players coming at you. So again, there's, there's a number of things that go into it. Uh, I think obviously depending on the situation a player gets put into, will uh, obviously have a lot to do with their success. But um you know, again, I've had a lot of experience in it. Some not good, some a little better than others. Yeah, you know, it it is interesting. It's interesting when you when you kind of break it down. And when I'm looking at college tape right now, and I had this conversation with Kyle Shanahan a couple, like probably last year. He's like beyond arm talent and like beyond arm talent, accuracy, and athletic ability. Because you just don't know because college football is so different. Like there is. Like, there's not a lot of progression football. There's a lot of static formation. There's a lot of mirrored concepts. And there's a lot of, hey, pick our best matchup, pick our best player, and throw it to that dude. And you're not working through progressions. And so it's really hard. I guess it would be really hard to figure out, hey, does this guy kind of understand from the neck up what we want to do, how to break down a coverage, how to how to spot it, 
pre-snap, confirm it post-snap, and make the right decision. And I think that's one of the things that, that baffles me about this process is the two games aren't really that similar. No, there's no doubt, Mark. And I think the one thing you look at, and you said it best, I mean, think about how many teams even huddle up anymore. I mean, guys don't call the plays in the huddle anymore. They they get signs from the sideline, and they, they you know, are in a gun formation. I mean, again, now all of a sudden, when I talk to Bruce Arians and guys like Tom Moore, legendary quarterback coaches mm-hmm. in the game, that's the thing that they talk about first. What's the, what's the hardest thing to teach a young college kid coming out? To call play in the huddle. Visit with Steve Kime, former general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, with the benefit of hindsight, Steve, what did you miss with with Josh Rosen? What was what was it that you you the fatal flaw in your analysis? You know, and I, and I think that's a great question because I, I always tend to look back and, and realize that you know we we miss more more on the person than we miss on the players, and that's something that I learned over a number of years of evaluating talent. And I think you know Josh was a guy that was sort of worldly. He had a lot of interests outside of football, and I think that's what it came down to. I mean, I think he had the skill set you look for. He threw a pretty ball. He had all the physical traits uh, to play the position at the NFL level. I think it sometimes it comes down to the bottom line of, of, of how passionate are you about the game? Um, how do you interact with your teammates? Uh, how do you interact in the locker room? All those things from that position, which are so critical to that position's success, as, as Mark knows with guys like John Elway and the great ones that he's played with. You know, you, you have got to have a number of things going for you outside of uh, just the physical traits and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, that's the one thing that I look back upon and, and see is not only um, the other thing, Mark, that I would, I would like to say is, you know, very few college players nowadays, too. The one thing that's it's unbelievable to, to have success at the NFL level, and a guy like Kurt Warner, who I was with for a number of years, had this as good as anybody, that anticipatory ability to throw the ball, you know, with, with, with before guys come out of routes, having an understanding of ball placement and touch, that is something that's really, really hard to find. Yeah, it, it, it's really interesting. The skill sets, I was telling Mike, it's kind of like going to a skateboard park and saying, okay, watch all these guys skateboard and pick the best skateboarder. Now tell me who's the best bike rider, uh, basically watching skateboarding, right? Like that That's that right. to me it, to me is like, yeah, like, I think one of the things interviewing is going to be like a big process, right? Health and, and, you know, the medicals and all that stuff. But from an interviewer standpoint, when you're asking a quarterback or you're asking a player questions, what are you trying to get at and, and what's like the most important thing to come out of those interviews, those personal interviews with that guy? What's the most important thing in your mind to come out with? You know, I just think for me, it's just the, the way the guys interact. I mean, their ability uh, to not only articulate what they uh, can do and what they can't do physically. A lot of times, you know, these guys come in and they, they want to run whatever offense that the coach wants to run. But at the same time, they have to be able to acknowledge that they do have some, some um, you know, sort of uh, skill sets that, that maybe don't match to be asked to do certain things. So I think you've got to be honest about what you can do, what you can't do, to understand where you're, um, you know, sort of where you, you're at from a standpoint of, hey, listen, I, I can't handle, um, here's one of the things that gives me a lot of problems. And to be able to have a coach, you know, scheme to, you, to your strengths versus, you know, putting you in a position to not be able to succeed. And I think, that's the good thing that Kyle does better than anybody in the NFL with the 49ers is putting a guy like Brock Purdy in a position to succeed and giving him the ability to do the things that he does well. And, um, you know, that's to, to me is another, another thing when you put, try to marry some of these college players up with professional coaches, you know, it's got to be a, the right fit. And uh, there's got to be a good communication and understanding. 
And I think someone like that is a perfect example of a guy you can take late and have have success with. Steve Kime, former general manager of the Cardinals, uh, joining us. Steve, you had the guts to come out and say, all right, we got it wrong with Josh Rosen. You turn right around the next year and you draft Kyler Murray. Right now, you guys still remain kind of the uh, the outlier in, in that kind of mindset because we, we continue to see a lot of these quarterbacks who get drafted high. It becomes pretty apparent pretty early on that they're not the answer, but teams stay with these quarterbacks. Yeah. Why? Well, because I think it's ego. It's, it's, it's a tough decision to make. I mean, listen, it doesn't. it's not fun to, 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 to make a decision like that and then have to pivot and completely – uh, make the opposite decision the next year. You know, obviously, number one, it's your ego. It's, it's your draft pick. Uh, you, that's not the way you can think about it as a general manager. To me, as I look back, you know, your job as a general manager is to do what's right for the organization, not not do what's best for your own interests. And in, in a situation like that, it, you know, you're proud. You want to make good decisions. You don't want to make mistakes. But at the same time, you're, you're judging the human element, and you're going to make mistakes. And you have to be have tough skin and again, do what's right for the organization. So in a situation like that, to me, even though it hurts financially, even though it hurts, you know, from, from a reputation standpoint, you have to cut the cord and move forward or you'll never be able to succeed. Hey, a lot of people here in Denver kind of mixed on Sean Payton. Some people think, hey, keep Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, you know, aired him out on the sideline a couple times. He's a bad dude. He's a thug, this, that, the other. Others, like me, know how good a coach he is your years of competing uh, in the NFL and competing against Sean Payton. What do we have here in Denver in regards to the head coach? I've always thought that Sean Payton is, you know, aside from Kyle Shanahan, who now has sort of, you know, risen to the top. You know, Sean has always been one of the top, very top play callers in the game. I think he is phenomenal. I think he's passionate. I think he's demanding out of his players, which I think is good. He's got enough old school in him and enough new school in him to, to be able to do a number of different things um, to get that organization headed in the right direction. And I think that's going to happen. I mean, I think last year you saw the, some of the things that uh, that he did later in the year that have, that helped. I didn't, uh, quite frankly, I didn't think Mark with him and Russell were a great fit together. But at the same time, you know, Sean's going to get a guy in there, I think, that he knows he can win with and uh, fits what he does. And I think they'll, they'll obviously have success based on what I know about Sean Payton. That, that's interesting, Steve. I wanted to ask you about that because – the, the, the idea of fit, coach, quarterback, fit. You're a general manager. You're hiring a coach. Do you expect that coach to come in and coach to what you have, especially at the quarterback position, or do you allow that, that coach to go out and have the latitude to find a quarterback that he fits with? Well, I mean, I, that's a great question. I mean, I think that – Number one, if, if you if you identify your general manager and the owner, and you identify the fact that you are uh, convinced that you have a franchise quarterback, well, then that, that coach essentially really does have to to work with that player and and to be able to put them in a position to succeed. But um, in a in a situation like this, in my opinion, I wouldn't have acknowledged Russell in that spot anymore. I think Russell is a guy whose skills have diminished, and uh, to me. Um, you know, you have to give Sean the, the sort of the latitude to be able to find a guy that fits what he does. And uh, I think that's exactly what they're going to do moving forward. All right. Hey, listen, man, always great catching up. I look forward to talking to you later and uh, all the best to you, my friend. Yes, sir. Take care, guys. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Steve Kime, former general manager just a few years ago in the NFL. So um, it, it's, it's, it's great to get that kind of perspective on the league on picking quarterbacks, on evaluating quarterbacks, especially for a guy who did something 
drafted a quarterback in the first round high one year and said nope and came right back with another quarterback the next year. We'll uh, unpack what he had to say and what it means for the Broncos and see uh, Sean Payton next. Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my hiding spots. Ha, found you. How? That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. You're going to need a bigger boat. It's time for Schlereth and Evans' big story of the day. What? It's just that you're so... You're so... Big. Here's Schlereth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports. Big mistake. Big. Huge. I think we've done a nice job this week, if if I may, uh, pat ourselves on the back. Uh, in in our coverage from the Combine, mm-hmm. sort of breaking down what we're hearing from Sean Payton, George Payton. Kurt Warner was on this right. week. We just had Steve Kime, former Cardinals general manager just a couple of years a couple of years ago, and and trying to get a sense of just the challenge that the Broncos and all these teams face when it comes to evaluating these quarterbacks coming out of college, and really I think lending a lot of um, substance to to why the failure rate of these quarterbacks that get drafted in the first round is so high, like eighty yeah. percent. 80% of them bust. Yeah. Or at least when you think about the the metrics well, that you maybe put like, into place as to what if you're saying franchise, franchise quarterback. So take the 2018 class that was compared to the 83 class. Right. Of those quarterbacks that were drafted in that class, one. No. Two of the five or six. Mhm. Have become franchise quarterbacks. So that's a little bit better. That's Josh and then that well, 32 overall was Lamar. Right, but you you got to sort of tighten the metric even a little bit more, though. Yeah, because I, think you ta- I think when you start elevating to the top 10, I think you'd leave Lamar out of that. Lamar is, Lamar is more khaki pants than he is first rounder. Right. So I'm just saying of those guys, of the Sam Darnolds, of the Baker Mayfields, of the Josh Rosens, of, those, uh, of the Josh Allen, only Josh Allen has – has become a franchise quarterback and yet still has hasn't won right. a championship, but you know which is a pretty high standard when you think well, Kelly hadn't won a championship, but, but, Marino didn't win well, a championship. But that's where I come back to the metric, and that's and that's something to keep in mind as we're talking about what the Broncos may or may not do. If if the Broncos draft a quarterback, right? What what does the metric for success become then? What? How will we define successful? For a rookie quarterback. If the Broncos draft a quarterback in the first round, what will define success for that quarterback? Becomes a starter, right? Oh, that's bare minimum. Well, I mean, that was my start. Yeah. Becomes a starter. Are you really going to are you really going to f- look at a first-year quarterback as No, no, I'm talking about in terms I'm sorry, may I my bad. What is the metric for what will deem his Bronco career a success? Oh, he's got to be he's got to be an uh, an All Pro Pro Bowl quarterback. He's got to become a franchise, you know, tier one guy. Keep going. 
Is that it, or is there even more? Oh, he, and then you're going to have to. Does then, he have okay, to? That, a, does that, he have to win a Super Bowl? That's going to be the start. Then you've got to win. Play, you got to get there. You, you've got to. You've got to win playoff games. Mm-hmm. Like in Buffalo, do they have a franchise quarterback? Yes. Have they ever been to the Super Bowl? Nope. Right, and so it, for for him, you've established yourself as a franchise quarterback. Now you've got to establish yourself as a confetti quarterback. Correct. That's the next level. That's but, the next level. But regardless, if you win a championship or not, you 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 made the right call by moving up if you're Buffalo and getting him seven overall. Correct. But especially for a town like Denver, the metric of what passes for a successful quarterback is probably a lot higher than than a lot of NFL cities. Let let's be honest. If if a quarterback like, um, all right, like a quarterback like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. or um, I'm trying to think of some other guys um, that are out there right now. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, um, guys like that that have been around the league now for a little while. You know what would be said about these guys in Denver? Yeah, they're they're really good. Yeah. He's a really good quarterback, mm-hmm. but when are you going to get over the hump? Right. When are you going to win a Super Bowl? When are you going to join Elway and Manning as Super Bowl winners? That's the expectation around here is right. to win Super Bowls. But but with both of those quarterbacks, let's be honest, Elway at the end of his career where the team was equal mm-hmm. to Elway. Mm-hmm. I mean, Elway was, you know, the the straw that stirs the drink, but that drink was really strong. Right. And same thing with Manning. Like when it was Manning in 2013 and when it was Manning, they in 2012, they did not win until that team became an elite level defense. And at yes. that point, Manning was not the same as he was 2012 and 2013. You're right, and you're taking a nuanced look at it. But you understand what the the overall view of both Elway and Manning, what they were. It was, hey, when is Elway going to win the big one? Mm-hmm. When is Elway going to stop losing Super Bowls? Right. Peyton Manning for all his greatness. Why is his playoff record only this? Right. And these it, were and these were things that right. that that followed them until, in the case sure. of John, he won a Super Bowl. And in the case of Peyton, until he won his second Super Bowl. So I'm just saying that. Let let's let's be clear here. If the Broncos draft a a quarterback, especially in the first round, what will ultimately define that kid's right. career success or not? He's got to win a Super Bowl. And that's but, that's kind of harsh, Brad, pass fail, but, but it but, is what it is. But the way I look at the way I look at that is, if you become a franchise quarterback, then it's up to the franchise to build a good enough team. Yeah, because teams have to win championships, and of course, you've got to you've got to be clutchy. Mm-hmm. You got to make plays Lift. when yeah. You got to make plays when you got to make plays. Mm-hmm. And even late in John's career, even in that last Super Bowl, even late in his career, when we needed a big time play, that's where we leaned. Mm-hmm. That's where we went to. Even when Peyton Manning wasn't the same Peyton Manning, when you need a big time, and sometimes that big time play was a decision to check out of something and run the ball. 
but it was a big-time play at the time. Maybe not going on Manning's stat sheet, but but contributing to the win. And let's face it, in, in Buffalo right now, you need a big-time play in the playoffs. Josh has not necessarily delivered in those situations. Now, some of that's, you know, some of that is the coach's fault. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't kick it off out the back of the end zone and let them get the ball in the 25 with 13 seconds left, even though it's still almost incomprehensible that you could still win that game. You squib kick that or you mortar kick that. You make them return it. You eat five seconds off that clock, and now you're down to eight seconds, and you're still inside the 25 or at the 25. Like it changes the way the complexion of that game. Josh Allen didn't have anything to do with that. No, but Josh Allen's now played six years in the NFL. And let's play the the what-if game, slip into the, the alternate universe. Let's say the Broncos had drafted Josh Allen. For probably up until this point in his career, if he had done the same exact stuff here, mm-hmm. it would be, wow, we're, we're so happy and so glad and so fortunate we have sure. Josh Allen. But he's probably about two more Super Bowl-less years away from people in this town and, and probably maybe even Buffalo, but definitely here in this town saying, all right, great, you're you're an awesome quarterback and the stats and the mm-hmm. arm and the running around. is When are you going to deliver a title? Right. I mean, I, I mean, I know this fan base. Right. That's that's how it would become because that's what the standard is, and I am so happy that's what the standard is. I would hate to have a lower right. standard. Let than me that. let me ask you this: speaking of alternate universes, so the Pagula, it's Pagulas, Pagulis, Pagul, Pagulas, Pagulas. They wanted to draft Patrick Mahomes in 2017, and the Bills didn't want to. Correct. They draft Patrick Mahomes in 2017. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Do they, they have a Super Bowl or do two? They have a championship. Yep. Or two? Yep. See, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Buffalo fan. Hate to. Gosh, wouldn't hate that to, wouldn't that have been great if the Pagulas got their way? To, that he wouldn't be in our division, right? We wouldn't have lost seventeen straight games to him, right? He'd been somebody else's. Why problem. don't you let the owners run the football right. team? See, Jerry Jones is on to something there. Yes. Greg Penner, take note. Uh, up next. Up next, does the Nuggets win over a De'Aaron Fox-less Kings? Does it carry the same punch? That's next. You're listening to Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Time now to hit the hardwood. Brought to you by Papa Murphy's. Nuggets get the uh, blowout win over Sacramento last night. Finding out about half an hour before tip-off that Arguably, Sacramento's best player, De'Aaron Fox, wasn't playing. Nuggets had the human nature letdown at the start of the game, fell behind by as many as 15, but uh, <laughs> such is the nature of the NBA. Don't freak, people, if uh, it doesn't get off to a good start. It's the NBA. It's a game of runs, ebbs and flows, and the Nuggets uh, just uh, blew out Sacramento over the second and third quarters and rolled on home. Michael Malone, after the game, uh, handing out praise to his individual guys, starting with Aaron Gordon. Well, Aaron was a guy that kind of his aggression, his attack mindset, uh, just playing through people and to the rim um, was a huge part of that second quarter run. Um, and there was, uh, you know, when he plays at that level with that attack mindset, man, he becomes such a difference maker for our group. Aaron Gordon, 17 points, six rebounds, six assists. While we're 
talking about individual performances. How about the way that uh, Jamal Murray went out? 13 of 15 uh, shooting the basketball, including five out of six from uh, beyond the arc. Um, love the way that Jamal Murray played. When Jamal is engaged the way he was tonight and has been, um, and he's aggressive and assertive, you know, he's uh, he's a phenomenal player, and we've all seen what he's capable of doing when he plays with that uh, mindset. What uh, what do you make of that comment right there? When he's engaged, right? We all see when he plays like with that mindset. It's an acknowledgement that Jamal at times picks his spots. And some people get yeah, offended trying, when you yeah. say that, but I I honestly, I present it as a compliment uh, because while he does pick his spots at times, I absolutely 100% trust that he'll pick his spot the right way in right. the games that matter the most. See, I, but I think here here's the negative connotation to picks his spots. It's like he's not fully committed or engaged, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. I use the word. I know, I know, but I don't think it's this. I think it's. I think oftentimes with Jamal, there is such a special chemistry with this team about deferring and making the right choice, and when he has to take over a game, when he does that, he's phenomenal, but. Is that the best thing every night for this team? And the answer would probably be no. It's because it's not how they're it's not how they're constructed. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. So I think there's I think there's this this and I think that's a bad choice of words. Engaged is is a that's a negative word. Like picking your spots is okay. Like sometimes if he's not engaged or you know he's not fully. He's not fully participate. Whatever, mm-hmm. like there can it can be such a negative thing. I, I think there's a better but, way to but, say but that. Wouldn't you? All right. Well, then I'm all for that. Come right. up with a way because I I do sense that if you're playing a a, a Tuesday night in in Cleveland, Jamal's gonna kind of look at that game. He's obviously not going to look at it the same ways he's going to look at a, a Thursday night TNT game it, at Golden State. Right, but isn't that the NBA? Isn't that part of their problem? Uh, no, actually, uh, because <laughs> I think too many players are are actually more fired up to put up numbers in that Tuesday night game in Cleveland than taking – on the challenge of trying to win a Thursday well, night TNT game at Golden State when the Warriors have something to prove. Right. Well, and it's guys like Murray that say, bring it on. Yeah, well, no. but That's I, what sets him apart. But I think that's part of the issue with the NBA is that you can pick your spots. You've been allowed to take, you know, personal days. And mm-hmm. you've been allowed to take, uh, what do they call those days? Your rest days? Maintenance your, uh, days. Maintenance days or... or uh, oh, uh, load management. Load Sorry. management yeah. days. It, it's been... It's all of a sudden... It's, hockey. Yeah, it's it's part of it's part of the the culture of the NBA now, which it used to be. There used to be some pride in playing eighty two. Yeah, but at least with Jamal, you know he's getting up for the games, the toughest games. I'm good with that. Whereas most of these guys, right. yeah, they're picking their spots and they're choosing to yeah, I, I get dial it back in the big saying. games. I just I just look at Jamal. I like I don't like the fact that people look at him like oh he's 
like it's almost like oh he's lazy or right. he's and, like right. I don't like that's, that that's, that I don't that like. is the connotation that, that goes along with it which is unfair because that that when he's not fully engaged or that engaged statement Mike Malone Mike Malone also made the statement three days ago dude's got balls right the guy play like like so there's kids got balls man there's this aspect to Jamal it's he's kind of an enigma because I think most people really appreciate him but there's there's plenty of people on the text line that, that don't necessarily care for him. And I don't get that. I don't get that. Maybe it's because I, I, I maybe it's because of the way he handled his, his comeback from the knee injury. Maybe maybe some folks felt like he, he should have been back quicker. But that's on the organization for the organization did a really bad job. Maybe some people do sense the idea that he he picks his spots and they hold that against him i i just don't because in a league where there are so many phonies out there that put up glossy numbers but just disappear when the lights are brightest this guy is like bring it on right bring it on and so for me it's like where would his boo rating I, be over like is he's got a balls a much, over balls over opponent balls over opponent over over booker boo rating Oh, Murray. Murray. Over Clay Thompson. Well, I think the better argument would be give me the players who have a higher boo rating. Give me the guards that have a better boo rating than Jamal Murray. Balls over opponent. Guards in the NBA. Go. I I Steph. Steph Curry? That's it. For me. Dame Lillard? Nope. I'll take Jamal. Yeah. Clay? I'll take I mean Clay's a different I tell you kind what, of player, Clay is ballsy, though. He's ballsy. Not as ballsy anymore. Yeah, no. there, a couple years ago, I would have taken Clay's boo yeah. rating over Jamal, but not anymore. He's been in cold water. Shrinkage. <laughs> there is shrinkage. But keep uh, give me give me all the guards out there you want. De'Aaron Fox. Terrific player. Trey yeah. Young. What about the what about uh the, the kid from the the Knicks. What's his, what's it? Jalen Brunson. I think Brunson's got okay. balls. Okay, Jalen Brunson's got balls. Yes, yeah. Jalen Brunson would fit in great on this team. I like him. Jalen Brunson. Boy, you know how far the Nuggets have come. When I make this statement, Jalen Brunson would be a great Nugget. Yeah, there are very few guys out there that I look at and say, "Oh yeah, he'd be a good Nugget." Jalen Brunson's one of them. Dude, I like Jalen. I Brunson. do like Jalen Brunson. I like Brunson a lot. Yeah, but you're right. There's, there's. Put this way. Put this way. If I had, if I had to swap Jamal Murray out for any guard in the NBA, it'd be Jalen Brunson. And I'm trying to win a title, and mm-hmm. I can't have Steph. Yeah, I'll take Jalen Brunson. Right. I think we've solved a few. I think things. we solved a few things today. Look I at really us. Do. Look at us. Look at us. Papa Murphy's home of uh, Take and Bake Tuesdays and Five Dollar Fridays. Hey, by the way. I love some of the random things you do on X on Twitter. Uh huh. Uh-huh. What kind of reaction did you get to your uh, wham question? I, I just I didn't really even go deep into it. All I saw yeah. was one of your posts that had uh, a wham cover album. Make it big. What What were you What were you doing there? I just they came on with that album cover, and I was like, "Is there is a great album or the best album ever? Something of that nature." You asked if that was the best album ever? Yeah. Just, you asked if a Wham! Yeah. album was the best album ever. What What's the matter with you? Dude, that album was great. 
Wham? Wham? Wham. Okay. So you're telling me you're on a desert island. You got a solar-powered record player or Uh solar-powered boombox. Right. And you can listen to one album over and over and over again Uh on a loop. What album would it be? Of any album ever put out. I just looked at the tweet. Ever put out. Michael Jackson, Thriller. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Mm -hmm. George Strait. U2, Under a Blood Red Sky. I would take Joshua Tree. Wow, there's a... a... All right, I'll I'll throw that question out there. What What would you do, first of all? One album. Depeche Mode. One album. One. Mm. That's it. What would it be? One album. See, for me, it's easy. London Calling by The Clash. Just so happens also to be the greatest selling debut album ever. Oh. Appetite for Destruction. Guns N' Roses. No doubt. Really? No doubt. I'd have no problem playing that one on a loop. Raw, early, fresh. Axel Rose, give it to me. That'd be my, that'd be mine. I'll throw it out there on the uh, Ramoslaw.com text line. 303-713-1043. Yours would be Wham, huh? I don't know. I like... Uh, you go with Wham. Over and over and over. I love Wham. Wake me up before <clears throat> I go-go or whatever it is. I would probably go... I might go like an Echo and the Bunnymen. I might go that direction. Dude, you can't go Joy Division. It's good. It's got to be the whole album, dude. It's all you oh. get. One album. Better be deep catalog of songs. Can I go do like a greatest hits album? No, no, no. That, that yes. That we have to, for the sake of this conversation, okay. greatest hits albums are not allowed. Oof. All right, let me, I'll let me think up. about that. All right, let me think, think about, about that. that. Think about that. In the uh, meantime, uh, I want to pose this question. How would you rank... The rehab quarterbacks. That's next.